temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hello, I am Dan Day on a feel-good Friday, and despite the weather, gonna make you feel good because the weekend is here. Gonna play some good reggae music throughout the show, not to mention, gonna check in with the Joe Rose Show, talking to the feel-good Heisman Trophy and national champion, Gino Toretta, then the Dan Lebetard Show, talking to Northern Ireland's own Rory McIlroy, then Hawk and Crowder, yo, 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 showing some love on this Run DMC anniversary. That kind of rhymed a little bit, although Hawk would probably disagree with that. Nonetheless, got some time towards the end. Those Hawkman highlights, Crowder, crowd pleasers, kind of the week that was on Hawk and Crowder. It's all about the now right now, though, with the headlines. The German Bundesliga, NASCAR, and Pro-Am Golf return this weekend. All will be played in front of no fans. Heat forward Jay Crowder says the team was all championship talk before the NBA shutdown. Individual practices have resumed at the American Airlines Arena. ACC Commissioner John Swoofford says he expects to play football this fall but is preparing for several different timelines. The Dolphins are allowing visitation at Don Shula's statue outside of Hard Rock Stadium as long as social distancing is adhered to. Public service for the coach is on hold due to coronavirus. The Giants' DeAndre Baker and Seahawks' Quentin Dunbar have been issued arrest warrants after allegedly robbing a party in Miramar with a firearm. Both players are from the Miami area. The Dolphins have signed third-round pick Brandon Jones, the safety played four seasons with the Texas Longhorns. And oh yeah, you've been waiting for it. It's time. Take a step into the day spa. <sighs> a coyote was filmed chasing a roadrunner in Arizona. Woo! Watch out for Acme Anvils. Meep, meep. After partially reopening, a South Carolina restaurant is using blow-up dolls to help enforce social distancing. Pervs are flocking there for what they're calling a special date night. Bears are on the loose and running the streets of Estonia's capital, Tallinn. See? If you don't want to stay home and be safe, Estonia will make you shelter in place by releasing the bears. Maybe we can do the same here in South Florida. Someone get Ron McGill on the phone. Some scientists say a thick beard may have been developed in men as a way to absorb punches to the jaw. So for guys like me that can't grow facial hair, we're either goners or we better bob and weave than attack the opposing beard hard. 
Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast calls for rain with temperatures in the mid-70s. This morning, the Joe Rose Show got your Friday off to a strong start. One of the strongest players to ever don the used uniform. Quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner, national championship winner, not to mention played a couple years in the big leagues, the pros, the NFL. When I say big leagues, I mean the NFL. He didn't actually play baseball. It is Gino Toretta. He is reliving the U, Florida State rivalry. Miami versus Florida State, kind of like a pro game. The number one college moment that he experienced. And can the U get back to the top of the mountain? But the game just ended. The 91 game just ended on ESPNU. We're going to talk to the uh, winning quarterback. Uh, we don't get it usually right after the game here, Joe, for a little post-game action. But Gino Toretta, the Heisman Trophy winner, going to join us right now. Great game, Gino. Wow, that was a close one, 17-16. You all right? You still in your pads and everything? You, What's going on? Are you on? still sore from that hit? Right. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Where's DBJ and, and the Beast in the locker room? You know, that's usually what it's what, – what, who's usually asking me those, those questions. But uh, – Yes to all of the above, and I and and I can still remember after that game we win, and and uh, I, I'd never watched the defense whenever they were on the field, but had to get up for that last drive when they missed the kick, and then we're in the locker room, and media relations person uh, Linda Britton came in the the locker room and was like, "Okay, we need to go for the press conference." I'm like, "Go where? We're in a locker room. We're in a visit. We're a visiting team." They're like, "No, everybody's set up nationally in Florida State's media room." So Darren Smith, I think Michael Barrow, myself, maybe Horace Copeland, and maybe Lamar. I can't even remember, but it was like we walked out of the locker room across the field. There were still fans just sitting in the stands, staring at the field in disbelief. And I didn't want to rub it in, but, I, you know, you make a little smile and just, okay, it is what it is. Get all the way, you know, go through their facility and go up in their press room. And Bobby Bowden is addressing all the media. And it was, you know, it was just a madhouse. And he just, he looks and we walk in and he just goes, look, they now they're taking over our uh, our media room, and I was just like, <laughs> we we didn't ask for this. We'd rather celebrate in our locker room, but uh, they dragged us over across the locker room. So it was uh, obviously great great memories. Those teams and those those matchups were unbelievable. Every game, I, I know they missed a ton of, of field goals, but at the end of the games, but even your play that we're talking about with Lamar Thomas, you're getting blitzed, you're getting a crap knocked out, of you make just one of the great college throws. About halfway through that end zone, Lamar runs under it. I mean, there's just so many great plays. Where's that rank for you? You played in a lot of big games and you won national championships, but but that throw and and that game. Where's that rank for you and all the games you played in? It's most memorable because it's one of the only times that I've had the wind knocked out of me. So uh, you know what the, the pleasure that is when <laughs> you can't breathe on the field. Right. But uh, to hear the Orange Bowl and, and to not be able to react because you think you're going to die on the field was uh, <laughs> was a little different. You know, it was just, it was kind of one of those things that is if you watch the whole sequence of that before they even play, we called timeout because we didn't have the right personnel on the field. I come to the sidelines we go back on the field and we broke the huddle in today's 
game, we would have got called a penalty and had to go back to the locker room because we broke the huddle with 12 players on the field because Lamar, knowing who, you know, and Lamar would move himself around. He would change his own positions based on who he thought was getting the ball. And Lamar had come in, and then there was like one of our sophomore receivers, Jonathan Harris, in the thing. We break the huddle, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, we got too many guys. And I sent him off the field. We would have got a, a 12-man uh, illegal participation penalty called on us before the start of that thing. But, you know, it was just kind of one of those things. I mean, with Florida State, you had, and remember Mickey Andrews coaching his defense, play through the whistle, which means, you know, they were hitting the hell out of me late, everybody late. It was just physical, brutal. You knew it was going to be in the in the week of preparation for the game, but it was, you know, nothing like it. I mean, to, to you know, whether playing of the day or the night at Doe Campbell or, or, or down in, in, the, in the Orange Bowl, it was just, you knew it was going to be tough as hell to get a victory, and, and you knew that, we knew that back then, you know, the National Championship went through that game. Yeah, Gino, it's, it's funny, too, because we, we were talking about it this morning, we've been talking about it all week, about all the great players and draft picks, like from the early 2000s team to late 99, and then 2001, 02, and all the first rounders and great draft picks. You go back and watch that 91 game, and you look on both sides of the field also, there was a ton of NFL guys in that game as well, all over the place, up and down, defense, offense. It is truly amazing when you just put that game together over the years, how many guys went pro or really good pros from just that Miami Florida State game. There's a huge backlog if if you look at you know whether it's Spurrier's guys at, at Florida, Coach Bowden's, you know Erickson or Jimmy's down here. I would say there's a huge backlog between those three schools of guys that should be in the College Football Hall of Fame. I don't think there's any question because what Alabama, you know, the Clemson is doing now. You know, Miami did that 30 years ago. You know, we were that dominant program. We were that dominant team that people aimed for and still couldn't couldn't beat it. So I think that yeah, a ton of talent and it was uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I you know the '92 game. I, my brother, I think that was on too yesterday, and then they they replayed it or whatever. And I can remember seeing my family after, and Joel knows, you know, the Northern California people. They don't really, you know, they don't see the heat humidity like like we do. <laughs> and after the game, they were they were beat red. The Orange Bowl ran out of water, I believe, the start of the third quarter, so there was no water to buy in the stadium. They had been on the east side of the stadium before the game because there used to be one of those big Bacardi tents out there drinking frozen lemonades and Bacardis before a noon kick. I didn't need an IV after the game, but my, my, some of my uh, my brothers might have needed one after the game. You've been watching these games. They, they've really been fun. Last night, they had one of Dorsey's uh, the year they lost in the Fiesta Bowl, but that team... You've been watching these things at all? I have. You know, I, I'll put it on, but but uh, you know, you can get you get sucked in and it actually take your uh, your whole day. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're exactly right. Like, damn, I've seen this. Why am I doing this again? I know the outcome. I know when these big plays are coming. But it is funny because people do forget like who played with who, right? Like we forget you played with the three great linebackers who played together, and you were yep. with Sap, and, and I, I. Remember remember your receivers but I forgot defensively the guys you played with so it does kind of like oh and you you notice the other thing is Florida State Miami games are showing it's always one versus two or two versus three or one versus three we forgot how good both teams were back then I can remember it's like when when we beat 
them, you know, the wide right, you know, one and two my lap junior and senior year. At that point, it was, you know, Jimmy was very successful against Coach Bowden. Dennis was as well. And, you know, they were saying, well, on his epitaph and tombstone, it's going to be at least he played Miami. That was that was what they were saying about Coach Bowden back then. Because think about it, they had 14 consecutive years ranked in the top three. And if wow. if you think about that now, the only reason they were number one was because us we beat we kept beating them. And and you know, and then obviously he you know made it over the top with 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 Charlie and and that. But uh, it was just you know a run where you know that that series gets streaky. You know where one side gets hot, but when we were hot, it was you're right, Joe. It was it was the top two teams in the country. I mean, I, I can remember the storylines before my junior year. Casey Weldon was their quarterback, and he was 15 and one, and nobody had ever beaten Miami. Had Toretta, he's only a junior. You know, we're not sure he should be the starting quarterback. He beat out a guy that transferred and sued the school, and it, and it was and it was like we were the we were the young guns my junior year because you know, like you said, Jesse Armstead, Michael Barrow, Darren. Smith, you know, Rusty, Kevin Patrick, those guys were all sophomores, you know, sophomores and juniors. So we were all underclassmen, you know, went on the road and, and, and beat them. And then my, I would just say this, my junior year, that kick was just for a tie. Let's be honest. We gave him seven points to Vanover. He took a kick 90 and the last kick was just for a tie. So, you know what, if we would, we would might've had to play him again. My body might not have liked to play him in a bowl game, but uh, we would have just had to play him again at the end. What was your, what was your number? If you had to literally pick out a number one moment, moment of your UM career, what would it be? Would it be one of those, you know, the end of the games? Because the best was at the end of this game of wide right one. They say, oh, and there's Toretta throwing the ball in the air. Like you looked like you just were like needed to take a deep breath. Nevertheless, you're excited to well, get one, but is that your number one moment? It was, and, and I'll tell you why. In 89, Erickson had busted his hand, and my third start of my career was up there. You know, the first play of the game, I threw a pick, had four picks in the first half, and we were tied 10-10. You know, we're still, you know, obviously we were tied, tied in the game, and we ended up losing the game. So to that point, that was my only loss as a as a uh, starting quarterback at UM. And when we went back up there, and I can still remember one of the drives in the third quarter, and we're backed up into their student section, and I'm like, what is that noise? The whole student section is chanting, Gino, Gino. And I'm just like, oh, I sit, I, you know, I kind of like smirking, I'm like, Wait a sec. You, you know what I mean? You, you really don't think that's going to get to me. You know what I mean? And, and to, you know, kind of like, you know, I can remember Steve Young with the Super Bowl down here, you know, where he's like, take the monkey off my back because that was the only knock. I mean, that was my only knock at that point. I, I hadn't had lost a start. Yeah, as far as satisfying and to go back into that stadium, you know, to kind of be, you know, like I said, a, a very young team. You know, I mean, we were probably in the top 10, but we were, they were, I think, one or two at that point in time. So, you know, everybody expected them to play for the national championship not us in uh, in 89 but the, yeah the one in 91 was definitely you know the the most memorable of that of that sequence can we ever get back can the can the team i know you get asked this all the time and i know canes fans every time they see a team now they're going god are we ever going to be able to get back the way it used to be can it ever happen again uh, i don't think there's any question i think that what you look at is kind of disappointing of of how far we've fallen it's not some of the issues that you know there's been Schools that have been, you know, powerful that have that have dropped. I, I think through scandal and and things like that. I think you know, outside of the issue with with Nevin Shapiro, I think you know, I'd probably say a lot of our disappointment has been self inflicted. You know, whether it's you know, it's just the 
constant rotation of of coaches you know over the past you know 20 some years after you know after butch and 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 larry but uh i, I don't think there's any question i think that you have a ton of talent down here obviously you, you want to be in south florida it's just you have to convince the kids when they stay they're gonna they're gonna play for the acc championship they're gonna have an opportunity you know to get in the playoff and i and i think that you just got to convince some to stay and then you need some leaders i would say the same reason why it happened in the early 80s when you had a class like alonzo highsmith and and melvin bratton and winston moss you had true studs that said why should i go somewhere like michigan or notre dame all those you know the big blue bloods of the of the college football world why not stay at home why not do it in front of my family and friends why not do it here? Because everybody knows when you win a national championship or a Super Bowl or anything, South Florida is is where you want to be. I mean, it's the best city in you know the ticker tape parade. I mean, I you know what I mean. I could go on and on. Yeah. It's just you you need to you know you need to protect home turf. You look at uh, you know way back Amari Cooper. I mean, Luther Campbell bought Amari Cooper out there to the practice fields, and they said he was too small. <laughs> okay, if Amari Cooper comes to Miami, does Jerry Judy go to Miami? Right. You know what I mean? You could go down the list. There's there's guys in in the last 15 years, Miami receivers, that are top 15 picks in the National Football League. If you get those players, you just get a few of them to stay home, and then other guys are like, hey, I want to play with him. Hey, we're getting the best quarterback in California. I want to play with that guy. You know, and, and, and you know, you, you pick and choose when you go nationally. I mean, we, we very seldomly recruit nationally when I was in school because you didn't have to back then. But you had a guy like Jesse Armstead, best in the country, said, I'm going to go to Miami. Then you had Kevin Williams do it from Dallas. You know, you had a few guys from, from, from Texas, a few guys from California, but the bulk of our team was from right here from Palm Beach down to Homestead, I learned how, you know, what football meant because it was, it was different, you know, it was different playing football in California than in, than in South Florida, especially in high school. And, and, but I, I don't think there's any question. They just need to, you know, you just need to make, start making the right moves and, uh, you know, protect home turf. You brought up a great point. One of the biggest mistakes made by the U was opening the floodgate with Amari Cooper going to Alabama, and that just opened a floodgate. Now three first-round picks have been taken, and Alabama's now recruiting down here, and other schools down here recruiting. But that one, who knows? if That, that could have changed the whole thing. That's a great point. Joe, he was served up on a silver platter by Luther. I mean, he took him out there to the practice field. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know as well as I do. We go out and watch. You can go out and watch NFL games. And, 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 and guys, when they're warm-ups, and you're just like, holy crap, that guy's a stud. You know, you don't need to watch a guy for more than five minutes to realize how much talent he had. And to say he can't succeed because, I don't know, that somebody thought he was too small. I mean, Kevin Williams, one of the best receivers when I played here, one of the best punt return guys. Was he 5'10"? I mean, you know what I mean? You, you, you right. get guys to be successful. I mean, guys outplay their size any day of the week. And, and I think that that one just stings the most because then you had, I mean, like I said, the last 10, 10 years of the stars in the wide receiver field in college football were from right here and related to, to Amari Cooper not staying home. Yeah. Ridley, Judy, yeah, yeah, stop yep. it, Gino. That's enough. Hey, Gino, thank <laughs> you, man. Appreciate you coming right, on guys, this morning. Stay, really appreciate you, Gino. Stay, Yep, stay healthy, stay safe, my man. Two things from that interview. Number one, if you are a stud down here in South Florida, go to the U. Be a star at the U. 
Trust me, the grass is not usually greener on the other side. I've lived all across this country. South Florida is where it is at, and the U is going to be back on top because of you. Stay here, stay home. The other thing is, did FSU fans really think Gino Toretta had rabbit ears? Gino, 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 touchdown. Give me that W. Speaking of getting the W every day, you win when you hear the Dan Levitard show right here on 560 The Joe. We're going to hear from him in just a minute. Here's a little taste. And having a national championship stripped away from my celebrating hands while the fireworks fill the sky because mother Terry Porter has a bogus pass interference call because he's clearly in bed with a mob. That and they'll be interviewing Rory McElroy. This is the best of the Joe show. Welcome back to the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. Hashtag Feel Good Friday. Making you feel good. Always trying to turn you on. Musically speaking, of course. This is an Italian reggae artist. He's from Italy. He now makes his home in Jamaica. His name is Portier coffee the song is in jamaica let's catch some of those good vibes on a feel good friday turning you on musically remember that quartier coffee italian jamaican in jamaica quartier coffee never thought you'd hear a guy from italy throw down some vibes like that In Jamaica, Dan Levitard's right here in Miami. And oh, they're giving their ode to Deer's sports. Also, Stugatz catches up with Rory McElroy about this weekend's Skins game right here in, not Jamaica, but South Florida. Also, Heckling and Tom Brady. He's good at golf. Deer sports. Deer sports. Dear sports. Dear sports. I love that my Knicks somehow won't be done paying Joe Kim Noah the $72 million we owe him until 2022. I love when my local Miami-based MLB team already adheres to social distancing because 13 people go to the game. I miss the way me and all my friends smell after tailgating. The Farmers Insurance Open, where the best player in the field is Brant Snedeker. That sad guy next to me who keeps standing up to start the wave, even though it never gets stronger than a smattering of 13 people who pity him. You know what I absolutely love? Being a fan of Miami Hurricanes football and having a national championship stripped away from my celebrating hands while the fireworks fill the sky because mother Terry Porter has a bogus pass interference call because he's clearly in bed with a mob. Rory McIlroy, the number one golfer in the world. There's live sports this week. It is golf. It is McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Skinsgate. Uh, so you guys have your match coming up uh, this weekend. And I wondered, why do you guys, so it's you and Dustin, Ricky Fowler's involved as well. Why do you guys decide you wanted to do this? I guess it all came together in a few different ways. Uh, obviously, the four of us that are playing are all on staff with TaylorMade and the United Health Group are the two that sort of put it together. And it made sense. I mean, whenever I was asked, 
asked, I was like, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I want to play golf for a start. And then if we can play golf at an incredible golf course like Seminole and help raise a bunch of money for frontline healthcare workers, you know, I was excited to get involved. I didn't really get a chance to like choose my partner. They were just like, yep, you play with DJ and then you're playing these two. And like, sweet, good, good for me. Yeah. For you, yeah. yeah. I mean, I never heard of Matthew yeah. Wolf till this morning. <laughs> That's so wrong. That is so wrong, man. I mean, you're the number one ranked golfer in the world. Dustin's five. Wolf's not even in the top hundred. You guys, if you lose, you're in trouble. I'm rooting for you. There's a little bit of pressure on it, but it'll, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be good fun. Rory, I've often, I go to the Honda Classic. We live here down in South Florida. I go every year. I'm curious about fan interactions during events, fans heckling. What's the funny, when I say funniest reaction you've had with a fan on the course, what's, what do you go to? The Honda's actually got, it's become one of those events, right? Where that you expect a little bit of that you've got the bear trap and stuff and like some guys get put off by it and some guys don't like it too much and I would be one of those guys I mean sometimes if you're having a bad day and there's guys shouting at you on the from behind the ropes you're just like go away but you can um, say man you could say it yeah I know uh, but uh, the best one, the best one I've had was at Beth Page up in New York, and it was the first ever U.S. Open I played back in '09. There was a guy from behind the tenth tee screaming at me, "Get a haircut, get a haircut, get your f-ing haircut, blah, blah blah whatever." I turned around, and this guy's got hair down to his shoulder. What are you? And then did you see uh, your hair now? I mean, the quarantine, you know. I know the quarantine <laughs> hair is, is is getting long. Um, but it's funny in golf, right? Like I, I I totally get it in other sports. You go to an NFL game and you can scream, you can shout, and the players don't really hear you. But like we are literally three feet away from people. You know, they can shout whatever they want. Usually it's it's golf, so it's not going to be too bad. But you, know, you still, it's something that you just have to do. So, Rory, your dad Jerry has been called Seminoles' most popular member. Curious, <laughs> which of the two of y'all? is more excited that you're playing in Seminole's first ever televised match. Yeah, I, I say to people, like, stop calling him that. It's just giving him this massive video. Like, just stop it. Um, oh, my dad has something. My, I mean, come on, my, my, my dad is, I mean, first of all, he's just so lucky to be a member, right? Like, I mean, he, he got to know Jimmy Dunn and then he's got to know a bunch of the members and they liked him for some reason and, uh, and, and he became a member and he, I mean, I think he pinches himself every day. I mean, there's no way 20 years ago when he was working in bars back in Northern Ireland, he thought he'd be a member of one of the the most prestigious golf clubs in America. So uh, he loves it. Uh, he loves playing there. He loves the members. He's excited. You know, he's going to be there on Sunday. He got his um, COVID nineteen test and and everything, and make sure that he's okay to be on site. And so he, he's he's excited to be there and watch it and 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 sort of be a part of it. So, Roy, I'm wondering, what are your thoughts? We got a uh, you know, there's another match coming up in a couple of weeks. We had Tom Brady on a Friday. We're all still swooning, but I'm wondering, what do you think here with Brady and Tiger and Phil and Manning? Who do you got in this match? Like, who who are the favorites? Uh, to, to win this thing. Yeah, so I actually, I played I played with Tom on Friday at Seminole. Oh, yeah, okay. um, and lost, we heard. I'm not going to mention that part. <laughs> no, put it on Brady. Put it on Brady. Go ahead. When, I'm putting, when I'm putting it off greens, it's hard to win. Um, uh, so Tom played okay. I think he didn't have a driver in the bag. Ooh. So I went over on Saturday morning and uh, I, I gave him one of my backup drivers. But for this, for their match, uh, I mean, I'd say that the advantage has to be for, for Ty Tiger and Peyton. I mean, it's Tiger's home course. He plays there basically every day. Peyton has a, a bit more time on his hands than Tom does nowadays. So he, you know, he's he's probably a bit more well practiced. So yeah, I'd have to give the advantage to Tiger and Peyton. Stu, you got that? You gonna gamble? Of course okay. I am. Are you kidding me? 
what do you think I asked him? Of course. <laughs> By the way, Rory, have you noticed you see Chris, uh, Fat Chris, who uh, he's our food expert. How sad does his uh, background make you? <laughs> like, how, how sad is that thing? He's got, there's a little bit of like a, uh, like a teal blue door thing. What is that? Like a barn. A little uh, master closet barn door. No big barn deal. Barn door. Uh, so yeah. That's very of the, very of the time. <laughs> Very in vogue. There's nothing in vogue about Cranston, right? He painted it that color because he's a Dolphin fan. That's the only reason he did it like that. So this is going to be a lot of fun. When's the last time, like, competitive golf? It won't feel exactly like competitive golf when you're playing, although you'll be playing against another team. It won't feel like Augusta is what I'm trying to say. But you have to be chosen to play some competitive golf, even if it's for charity and two great charities, and just getting out there and playing against another twosome, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. It's, you know, I, I've played a little bit down here. The, the courses down here opened uh, a couple of weeks ago in Palm Beach County. So I've been able to get out and play a few rounds and, and, and you know, get some sort of competition. But Sunday will be the first time where, you know, there'll be TV cameras around and there'll be, you know, there'll be a little bit of a buzz. And I think that'll be cool. And especially, you know, you're going up against two of the best players in the world. Even though I've got one of the best players in the world as a partner, you still want to go out there and give a good account of yourself and, and play well. So um, I'm excited for it. I'll, I'll be I'll be working pretty hard this week and practicing a bit and making sure that I'm, I'm ready to go. Rory, I saw Mr. Dunn mention that you're going to carry your own bag during the match, or at least that's the intention. I'm curious, yeah. not only for this match, because obviously to set a you know, good example for COVID-19, but also, do you think going forward, that's something that could stick for PGA Tour tournaments when, when those come back? I don't think so. I, I Caddies, for the most part, are an integral part of, of, of our game and, and of our tour, and, and they, they do help a lot. Like They're not just guys that carry the bag, you know, they do a lot more than that. And we we sort of had this discussion last week. I'm part of the PJ Tour Player Advisory Council. And I, I, I get for social distancing and I, I get that part of it. But I think as well, like these, you know, these caddies have been out of a job for you know months, I guess now at this point. And I'm sure they're itching to get back at it. So I think it'll be fun to see us carrying our bags on Sunday. But I, I, I wouldn't expect to see that at, at tour events going forward. Uh, have you thought about how you're going to prepare for an Augusta for a Masters that's going to be played? Hopefully in November. I think as a golfer, you're always looking forward. You know, you're trying to figure out what your schedule is going to be so that you can you can sort of peak at the right time and get your game in the right shape going into the bigger events. I see they've they've put the Houston Open the week before, and I, one of my big things is I've been trying to play the event the week before the majors because I just feel like you get a little bit sharper, get a bit more competitive. I'll, I'll probably look to play in Houston if it goes ahead and um, play the week before, and then it's a weird one because the the PJ or Asian swing happens in sort of October, so end of October, start of November time. And I could see a lot of players skipping that because you know you don't want to travel halfway across the world and then have to come back, get adjusted to the time zones and then go play the Masters. So um, I'll try to base myself, you know, in the States for, for the most part in, in the fall and, you know, sort of do everything I can to get ready. We've got three majors this year. You know, you've got the PGA Championship in San Francisco in August, you've got the US Open in New York in September, and then you've got the Masters in November. Like they're the three that, you know, everyone's sort of looking at you know and you want to make sure that you're in your your best form going into those rory what's gonna what's gonna be the weirdest event this year without any fans and why is it the Ryder cup <laughs> <laughs> i think if they can't have fans at the Ryder cup there won't be a Ryder cup the competition's too big i think that as a sporting event it'll lose all momentum i feel like every single year the Ryder cup gets bigger and bigger and you know the atmosphere gets better and, and play a Ryder cup like that 
it would just lose all that momentum. It would lose that atmosphere. And I think it would just be better for them to push it out to 21 and, and make sure that they can play a Ryder Cup the way it's supposed to be played. Well, what if we had you and Patrick Reed mic'd up? I mean, I'd sign up for that right now. Exactly. Uh, but it's still not going to be, you know, like the reason that Patrick and I doing what we were doing is because we were you know, we were feeding off the energy of the crowd. Mm. If there was none of that, that wouldn't have happened. That's the, the magic of the Ryder Cup. You don't see that in golf every day. I don't think that emotion is going to come out of the players if there is no one there. Rory, that man in the, the dimly lit room over there has an actual <laughs> army at his disposal, the Stugats army. I'm yes. wondering, I think it'd be pretty cool if, is there a place we can send them? I know there's going to be a live donation link during your match for COVID-19 relief. Is there a good place yeah. we can send the Stugats army to do some good on, on behalf of, of, you know, you and the tournament? Right. They don't take care of you. Listen, it might come at a price. They might ask you to play golf with me or something one day, <laughs> one day down the road. And we'll discuss that at a different time. But they, I'm telling you, they'll do anything I tell them to do. So if you want to get it out there, uh, put it out there and we'll make sure they do it. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, during the, the broadcast on NBC on Sunday, there's going to be, um, a lot of information where people can donate to, the causes that we're playing for the American Nurses Foundation and the CDC Foundation. So we're, we're trying to raise a, a lot of money and all the information that they need will, will be on the broadcast if they, they tune in and watch. All right, man. Hey, uh, this has been fantastic. We appreciate the time. Uh, we'll continue my to pleasure. promote it. Uh, my, the Sugats Army is Charlie Porter. Thank down. you. We'll, uh, appreciate we'll support it. you guys in charity, uh, the best they can. Again, it's going to come to price and we'll discuss that price at some other point in time, but <laughs> I'm just like, you know, good luck. Enjoy. You're going to no play some competitive golf and you can raise money for a great cause. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Thanks for having me on. So this weekend, Rory McIlroy, some Pro-Am golf, some NASCAR, my Bundesliga squad, Union Berlin, taking on Bayern Munich Ooh, this Sunday at noon. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I'm getting up early to watch that game because on weekends, I don't try to get up before noon. That's just the type of life I live. Hawk and Crowder, they never make me get up early. Because they don't go on the radio till 2 and 3 in the afternoon. If you didn't get up early enough to catch them earlier today, or if you just missed them for some reason, here's a little bit of what you missed. Okay. I just, I, whatever James Harrison says, I agree with. I wish you were my judge when I was going to jail. <laughs> I ain't do nothing, sir. Oh, you didn't? Okay. okay. No problem. The charges dropped. Go and have a good day, Crowder. More of that in five minutes here on the Best of the Joe Show. The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Feel Good Friday with the legendary, the Gladiators with Hello Carol. It's always legendary with Hawk and Crowder. They're paying homage to the legendary Run DMC. Talking James Harrison, then straight into those Hawkman highlights and Crowder crowd pleasers. On this day in 1986, Run DMC released the Raising Hell album. Of which this was one of the songs. I don't feel like doing the show today. I just want to listen to this CD. I hope Solana went in with heavy edit on his mind. There's not a lot of cursing on this. Oh, okay. Very well, few. Did, we, yeah, that is a, a couple of them. Okay, just. a few, but not a ton of cursing because they weren't uh, they weren't big on cursing. Like, do you know the Raising Hell CD? Like every track. Like this was one of my favorite albums of all. Time. No, they missed me. 
What about you, Solana? You run DMC fan at all, or that just sounds like old people talk? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say it sounds like old people talk. I know they're legends in uh, music, as long as in terms of my age. But yeah, like this album, I know the hits. I'm not a huge Run DMC fan. Yeah, that is a uh, oh, just game changers to me. You respect Run DMC, Crowder, or uh, oh yeah, because like some of the stuff that I say, like you don't like. No, Run DMC, they got me. They knew what they were doing. They were good, and like you're saying, just innovative, man. Just something you never heard before back then. But bro, it was '86. I was three I years old. I don't think <laughs> I got Run DMC till '95, maybe when I got old enough to sneak off and listen to my sister's tapes. Yeah, I was a uh, I was a junior in high school, and I'm telling you, this CD spoke to me. I didn't know what it was saying, but it spoke to me. <laughs> Friday edition of Hawkman and Crowder. I don't know if anybody has seen this. James Harrison is in the news, and I would I would like to announce I do not fool with James Harrison after hearing Crowder's stories about him. So whatever he says happened, didn't happen, happened then didn't happen. Whatever James Harrison says, I agree with. I just shoot from the hip with topics we're going to talk about. I really don't write down too many notes. I just, you know, I kind of, I got my opinion of things and it's just going to come out. I'm not going to lie, Hawk, when I, when I knew we'd have to talk about this today, I was strategically planning how I was going to talk. Just for the 1% t- chance that James Harrison's down here, I don't know, quarantining or something, and he hears me say it, and he's one of the individuals I'm terrified in this world. That's why I say, like, I'm not even I'm not even couching it. I am telling you, uh, whatever James Harrison says is good with me. If he says someone gave him an envelope, okay. And if he says, nah, I was lying, no one gave me an envelope, okay. And if he tells me the... Envelope contained $50, okay. And if the envelope contains $75,000, okay. I just, I, whatever James Harrison says, I agree with. I wish you were my judge when I was going to jail. <laughs> I ain't do nothing, sir. Oh, you didn't? Okay. okay, no problem. The charges <laughs> dropped. Go and have a good day, Crowder. Yeah. Would that surprise you, by the way? So James Harrison essentially has inferred, he gets fined $75,000, and he has inferred that Mike Tomlin gave him an envelope with money in it, whether it covered the entire, whether it covered the entire uh, um, fine, whether it came from the owner, whether it came from Mike Tomlin himself, whether some of the players got together and said, give this to James Harrison. Like, I don't know any of that, but would it sound out of the realm of reasoning that a player gets fined $75,000 and a coach or front office person just hands him an envelope. Not at all. Yeah. Not one bit. I've, we've, we've, not 75 grand, but like a rookie, young guy, undrafted guy will get a, um, you know, not even, not targeting, but even a personal foul. And as a veteran making millions, you know, this guy's not making your money. And you're like, hey, they just hit him for five grand. Hey, guys, hey, uh, let, let's put four or five grand together for, for Abe, whatever, you know, whatever his name was. And I've done, I did that a bunch of times. This guy's pool up some money. The one thing with James Harrison, he was, he was well paid. He was an all pro, you know, year after year. He had 75 grand. Right. And that's why the story, like, assuming that it was money in the envelope to kind of say, hey, we don't agree with this fine. Is it more principle of it where we have your I back, think so. James? I, I think that's exactly what it, I don't think it's money at all. I yeah. think it's, hey, you're out there busting heads for the greater good. And we got you. Yeah, and Tomlin played ball back in the day, just like Greg Williams was that old school mentality with Bounty Gate in New Orleans, where Tomlin played. That hit on Massaquai wasn't cheap at all. It was the quarterback's fault throwing the damn crosser into cover three, knowing James Harrison sitting over there waiting for any of these little bastards to come in his area. I can see, like you said, if James, if you're listening, I'm not saying you did it. I can see. 
how the organization, or not even not even saying the Steelers, not saying the Rooney's knew anything about it. Mike Tomlin and a couple coaches would be like, man, that's not fair. That hit right. that hit wasn't worth seventy five grand. Let's shoot something to James. Okay, and I always say it, Hawk. Like it sounds crazy, especially now what's going on with the economy and unemployment. But like seventy five grand to an NFL player, an NFL team is a hundred dollars. It's not. It it's doesn't. Not that it much doesn't money. change your life. I mean, that's. I, I, that's how I always break it down. Does the money change your life? It sounds gigantic. Seventy five thousand dollars doesn't change your life. And so even if uh, three of the coaches, the two main coordinators and Mike Tomlin each put in 5K and they gave him an envelope with $15,000 in it, I mean, that's the equivalent, like just to say, hey, we got you, like we know what you did, we got you, you're 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 doing it for the team. Um, like even that 15 grand, I mean, it's equivalent to buying them a encouragement card at really the Hallmark is. store. Like he, like it doesn't mean anything. It's play money. That's why I think it's the principle of the thing more than anything. And that's what it is. And then think about it. He's a team captain. James is upset. You right. didn't, the NFL attacked me for just playing football and y'all didn't have my back. Y'all didn't do anything like the principle of it, where if, if I was James and I got fined 75 grand and a coach came up and gave me 3000, Hey, I just want to give you a little something on that fine. That's BS. That would mean something to my heart. Yeah. Like you're saying, not my pockets, Hawk, but, yep. oh, I'm going to go out here and play for this dude. This dude, he, we're, we're a family here. We're all on the same page. Win, lose, draw, right or wrong, we're on the same page. <laughs> I, I can see I can see a Mike Tomlin-type coach approaching it to that family mentality, just like I just, just like I laid you, out. You could, you could imagine Mike Tomlin in a meeting with his OC and DZ going, hey, how much would it be worth you to not have James Harrison in a bad mood this week? Because I imagine that could be disruptive to teams and the meetings and whatnot. There. Oh, man, 10,000. Yeah, 10K for you. All right, let's give him 30K and let, let's, let's take the edge off it. It's like having a shot, you know, like a shot of tequila, a shot of scotch yes. after a tough day. Let's take the edge off James. Here's 30K, big dog. <laughs> no, you're right. You are 100% right because I told the stories about like when Saban and um, Zach would get into it. And if Zach Thomas was pissed off, the whole team meeting room kind of came down because right. Zach's not – You, everybody can tell he's not himself. He's not calling out the DCs. He's not questioning, you know, every call and asking questions about what if they go trip, what if they go wide to the – like all this different questions he had. He just sitting in the back mad because him and Saban got into it. And it would affect the team. It would, it would just affect the continuity of the team. If you had to pay James Harrison 30, 40, 50, 70 grand. <laughs> it's worth it. And in that, think about what was going on. That was a regular season game, obviously, because who are they playing? The damn Browns? Man, they weren't going to the playoffs. They were in the runs. That's when James was there. That's when Big Ben was at his best still. They were a good team. Why mess this up for 70 grand, 30 grand, yep. 10 grand, yep. whatever it is? Shoot this man some money. James is happy. He's probably just going give to give it away or give it to his kids. But now we can go into practice on Wednesday with nothing on our mind other than Sunday, the next game, making it right. to the playoffs, bettering, right. our, bettering our record. Doesn't, like, doesn't become a festering thing. Hey, is James going to go off in the media, on the league, blah, 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 like you just nip it in the bud. He doesn't even count what's in the envelope. He doesn't oh. know. Game a stack of hundreds. He doesn't even know what's in there. It's just the point of the matter takes the edge off it. Well, if that really happened, it's money well spent by the uh, Steelers oh, organization for sure. And I've so I've told a story before where I found well into the six figures, two three hundred thousand dollar checks in people's glove boxes, and the dude driving would be like, "Oh damn, crowd man, I appreciate that. I ain't know why I left that damn check. Oh, this is unclaimed money that you have in right. this in, in in this glove box." 
clock sitting right. here. Right. So seventy grand, like, to your point, it's. I know it sounds crazy, but it's it's not it's not really changing James' life. It just professional athletes have six figure checks laying around their car. Like I have Bed Bath and Beyond twenty percent coupons. You know, just in case you walk into a Bed Bath and Beyond, take my twenty percent off. Highlights. Highlights. Crowder, crowd pleasers. Crowd pleasers. Bienvenidos al Hockey Crowder Show. Brought to you in Miami. Hi. Canes went to number two, all right. It's doo doo, baby. There's a highlight. I'm I'm fiberglassed. What are you? What are you? What? What is it? Fabergasted? Fabergasted? What are you? You're fiberglass? Anything else in the headlines, ho? (laughs) I don't understand fudge. I don't know. Mmm, delicioso. I don't think Michael Jordan has that much love for a guy that was so integral. Integral? Integral? the hell's the word I'm looking for? Highlight. Hawk, you like playing video games? Are you playing more video games during the quarantine? I don't like playing video games. Like, there's outies and innies. I got an innie innie. I got an interstellar. I got something. My belly button is four inches deep. Now that's a crowd pleaser. Fiberglass. Speaking of the quarantine, coach. Quarantine, 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 quarantine. Inter- in, in, integral, in, integra, in, 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 integral. Ay, 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 que es eso? If you get Top Ramen, if you get the hot noodles on JetBlue, you are the man on that plane. It's doo-doo, baby. Well, these Wilson balls aren't what I like. In, in, integral, in, integra, in, fiberglass. Doo-doo, baby. So, Lana, great job today, ho, 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 ho. ho. I'm pleased. That's a wrap. Have a great weekend. I am Dan Day, and this is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.